subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are back again. And uh, today, I don't know, Matt, should we do a big intro? I'll do a big intro. If you're new to Ninja and you're listening to us for the first time, go check us out at ninjaselling.com. Uh, you can learn all about the offerings, classes we have, coaching we have, opportunities that are there. If you are wanting to learn more about the group and the community that we have that you're listening to right now, you can go to Facebook and you can search The Ninja Selling Podcast. You will find a group of about 10,200 people right now, maybe more than that by the time you go check it out. They're all amazing ninjas. They are all very much in tune with what you are here listening to and the thoughts and the ideas and the creativity that we're all working with. With that being said, Matt, welcome. I have a topic for us today that you seem to enjoy. I'm excited about it. Are you ready? I'm ready. That was kind of a big intro, but it was good. I mean, you're maybe a little bit more succinct than I am. I like to be a little bit more verbose sometimes. Oh, gosh. Well, that's why why we work well together. You you can build it up every once in a while. I just get to the point and move along. (laughs) People are probably more appreciative of that. They're like, come on, what's this topic? Let's go. Should we wait a little bit longer? How's your day going today, man? Everything all right? Everything good in your world? It is good. Everything's run smoothly. It's you know nice that we're supposed to get some rain. It's good. Northern California. It's raining here already. Hopefully the rain doesn't last long. We should probably get to the topic. Okay. All right. All right. So I had this thought the other day because in Ninja, we talk about finding the 85% house. And you know for years, that's typically what people buy when they buy a home. They never buy a 100% perfect home. There is really no such thing as a 100% perfect home. That's why we use this as an example. People will even build a house. Matt's building a house right now, and I guarantee you he's going to move into that house. And he's going, I wish we would have done something a little bit different. I wish we would have maybe had the house face a little bit more this direction as we get more sunlight in and things like that. Like There is no perfect setup for the most part. So with that being said, we talk about that in Ninja that help people understand that we're going to go out and we're going to find your 85% house. And if we find your 85% house, or maybe it's a little bit more than that, it's probably the home that is going to be the right house for you. That statistically has kind of caused people to own a home for about seven years. It's kind of the, the trend that's gone on for a long time. About seven years, you own a home and you leave. I was thinking about this the other day, Matt, because... In the last couple of years, people haven't been buying their 85% home. <laughs> They've been buying their 60% home or their 50% home. They have been making some pretty big sacrifices to be able to be able to be a homeowner or just to be able to have a roof over their head. And I'm wondering if this is going to cause a lot of people to have to turn over faster. This was what I wanted to talk to you about today. And I like this because I think that it could, and and I don't think it's just time dependent. I don't think this is just now. I think this highlights a whole way of looking at how people are using their homes because what makes a home 85% also changes over time. It's the 85% home today, and it might be for the next five years, and then all of a sudden it could drop off and be a different percentage type of home based on the life changes that happen with the people who are living there, but certainly up front. If you can already identify as people are moving into a house, whether it's an 85 or a 60, like that's somebody to kind of keep on your warm list almost, right? 
or at least kind of, hey, they're going to be on my higher frequency of communication, which is also why I recommend post-closing, have a high frequency of communication with your people for that first year, because you're going to learn a whole lot about how that home is really settling around them, how they're using it, how that location is working for them to determine, hey, is this going to be a long play for them? Or do we need to help them you know, make another transition that might be a little bit sooner? which is not to help you hunt for deals. It's to help them live great because, man, the number one thing that people hate to do, myself included, as this is like imminent and is like, I don't want to go through the process of moving. I don't want to go through the process of listing my house, which I'm doing right now. And is I don't want to go through the process of potentially finding a tenant for my house, whatever we decide to do. It's uncomfortable. It's time-consuming. And this is where the realtors come in to add a ton of value to make these things happen easier because someone might just deal with the 60% home, Garrett, until they can't, right? And if we're not paying attention to that, like we can help them get out of it or move on before it's the, I just can't deal with it anymore. One thing that you said that I really liked is, is that that 85% home deteriorates over time. And I've never kind of looked at it that way in those terms is that, you know, it, it might be an 85, might be a 90% home right now when I buy it. And as I go through living with this house, there are changes I'm going to make to it to keep it up at a level that's enough for me to stay here. I might remodel the kitchen. I might add on a bedroom. I might, you know, change around some of the floor plan a little bit. We might add in an extra bath. I might build a shop out and back. There's all these things that take that house and, and raise it up where it's like, okay, we can keep it at a level that it's not worth having to make the move. Because having to make the move is a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of headache, unless you have a ninja. Then it's a piece of cake. But, <laughs> but in that, like, it, it's a lot for you to take on. And again, we saw a lot of people, and, I'm, and I hope everybody can uh, agree with this or understand where I'm coming from. We saw a lot of people that... They didn't get to buy the home in the school district that they necessarily wanted to be in. They had to buy one in the school district next door because they there was no way to, to get that house in that neighborhood. They had to buy a little farther away from city services and things like that. They didn't get to buy out in the country like they thought they were going to. And they had to buy something that was actually a little bit more in the suburbs that they really weren't quite thinking that they wanted to buy. But that's all they could buy at that moment in time. They may already be in a home that is not running at that level, but it's at least what they could get. And Matt, you bring up a great point, which we always talk about is the follow-up after closing. And we always want to have a really awesome follow-up. But man, what an important time right now. And for two levels. One is, is that they themselves, but I guarantee you, if they had to go through what they just went through to buy a home... They are also or have been talking with all of their friends that went through the exact same thing. And I guarantee you they're having the same conversations of, oh, man, like we didn't get this. We didn't get this. We had to sacrifice on this. And they're probably loaded with people like them all around them, which is referrals. I think that there's a lot of opportunities around that. And Matt, how many people, I mean, even some of the best ninjas I know, one of the fastest places they drop the ball on is staying in flow with people after they sold them a home. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's actually surprising how many people don't have a robust system. I would say 
most ninjas, and, and when I say most, I mean a lot, a high percentage of them have contact with their people after they close. Very rarely do you find an... Well, if they're not a ninja if they don't ever talk to the person ever again after the closing, right? So so already, you know, ninjas are playing at a high level compared to other realtors. But in terms of when I say robust program, I mean really having like those touch points and the reason why that touch point is happening. So, okay, two days after closing, this happens. One month after closing, this is the question that I'm going to ask. Three months, six months. I'm not just calling them. I'm calling to ask them this specific question because I want to understand how the home is working for them. And if you're doing a good job up front with this 85% presentation that we talk about when we're doing the buyer process of saying, hey, let's talk about finding the 85% home. That's in their head, right? And they get excited. They're like, great, we found an 85% home. When you do the real estate review, you can ask them, hey, remember that when we talked about the 85% home, where would you guys put this house for you right now? Great question to ask people. If you set the stage with that, Matt, it would be weird if you just came out of left field with it. But if you, in the process of helping somebody buy a house, you had that conversation about the 85% rule, and then you came back later on and asked, you just said, Remember that conversation? I know you just said this, but I have to say it out loud again because it's I need to process it. Remember that conversation and where does this home currently sit for you right now? Like, is it still and what would make it be that? And it's a very simple conversation because they might just say, you know what, remodeling the kitchen would bring it up to the 85 or 90% for us right now. Awesome. Do you guys have any plans to do that? You're not trying to get them to sell a house. You're trying to get them to bring their home either up to this you know, level that it's going to really work for them and their family and their dreams and what they're trying to achieve or opening the door of them saying, maybe we need something different, but it's not you bringing it up. It's them bringing it up. You're just having a very nice, normal conversation with them. I, lo- I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, I would be suggestive of like, well, oh, 70%, let's go house hunting. No, it's just gathering information. You know what that means. (laughs) Ooh, 60%. You guys are moving. (laughs) Time for you to buy a house. (laughs) No, you just want to gather information. And I think you probably would see, I bet the curve would look something like soon after that first year or two, that 85, even if they bought at 85%, I bet it goes up. I bet, oh yeah, this house is working great. This is perfect. We're so excited. And then it starts to then come back down on the other end. And this is where you had said, you know, the 85% home is what gives that seven year. So once you cross that seven year, I bet that's when you start to see, oh, it's 75, it's 70%, it's 60%. It starts to go down. Whereas if they're already purchasing, as a lot of people did in the past year, is 60%, maybe they climbed up to 70. The interesting thing about understanding where they're at on that is, you can start to understand what are their behaviors behind the scenes. Because if someone purchases a 60% home, they're still on Zillow the day after closing. They're still looking at what else is on the market, not because they are going to move, but because they're curious. And if something does come along that hits that 85, 90, 95%, they're seriously going to consider it. People are smart. They know that there's costs associated with buying and selling, and they understand that if there's appreciation, there's going to be taxes paid on that appreciation if it's within two years. People are smart, but they're also emotional. So if you know this stuff, it just helps you help them. It just helps you understand what's going on so that you can ask the right questions to bring value to them. And yeah, they might move in three years. That's the new new question, Matt, is uh, one month after closing. How many times have you looked at Zillow since you guys have purchased your property? 
We've been on five times. Ooh, okay. That's actually, it's good to know. <laughs> We've been on zero times. Ooh, they love their house. Okay, we're going <laughs> to let that go. <laughs> Isn't this good information to have? Like, wouldn't you want to, I mean, we just talked about your database, right? And how many fish are in your pond and all that kind of stuff. When you have people that have transacted with you, these are the best fish to have in your pond. Like, these are the people that love you. They enjoy the bait, they enjoy the value that you bring. And so let's continue to understand and see how they live so that we can continue to bring them wonderful value. And it could be helping them figure out a renovation. It could be helping them you know, figure out a redesign or an organizational... We're bringing in a home organizer, Garrett, before we move. I've heard people do it. They love it, by the way. Every person I've known that's done it says it's the best money they've ever spent. I'm so excited because we're bringing this person in before we move so that she can see how do we live now and what do we need to eliminate? And then, hey, here's the new house. How can we organize everything there? I'm so excited. Can you videotape her walking through your current house just going, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh gosh. We have so many things we can do to make your life easier. <laughs> That's what they would say in my house. Definitely my house too. And my wife's an interior designer. They're like, oh, well, she's an interior designer. I'm like, there's a whole lot of difference between interior design and organization. I guarantee you all the pencils in your drawers face east-west. You have that feeling about you that things are just like organized and... No. I mean, I would like that. That would be awesome. Your house gives that feeling. The times I've been in your house, everything feels like it has a place. We present well for guests. Okay, there you go. Fool fool me, man. (laughs) But these are the things you can understand about your people if you're in close communication post-closing so that you can understand what percentage are they at. And this is where I I love why you brought this up because I don't think a lot of us really know. I think even though we have that 85% conversation in the buyer process, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of agents who are listening don't really know where that home falls when they close. One example, when I was helping one of my best friends buy a house and I explained this whole thing to him, we ended up, I think, looking at two or three houses before they found the one they wanted, which was awesome, by the way. Beauty of a process. This was after my experience of showing somebody 65 homes because I didn't have a process. But the cool thing he said to me after they closed was like, I know you said that we were looking for an 85% home, but this thing's 100%, man. It's just so great. And I was like, it's awesome. Well, about five, six years later, they moved to another house. <laughs> As that percentage came right back down and said, this is not 85% anymore. So I think one, having that conversation up front will help you understand. But that was the first time that I actually understood what the percentage was of what they liked. Everybody else is like, I don't know, really, even though we had that conversation up front. So the more follow-up you have, the more you're going to better understand where that home falls in that percentage scale for them. Yeah. And I think that we can all look back at, I'm going off the people that I coach, uh, looking back at like the deals that they've done over the last three years. You all know the people that you sold a home to that they didn't get exactly what they wanted. They made this situation work and they went into it with a big smile on their face and they're excited. We won. We got the house. We're moving in. We're, we're transitioning and moving on with life. But you still know that they initially set out looking for something that that may have been fairly different than what they actually landed on and and decided to move forward with. And those are these opportunities. We don't want to be ambulance chasers and we're not sitting here trying to stir up situations, but they are good ones to stay in flow with, good ones to stay in contact with, ask more questions. And Matt, I think as, as you said, it's like either see if you can help them turn that home into what they were hoping that it could possibly be or what they were initially looking for, 
or just, you know, ask more questions, be involved because there's a very good chance someone in a much shorter time frame than seven years is going to say, hey, we need to make an adjustment. We need to do something a little bit different, especially now that there's some inventory out here right now and there's some homes to pick from. You could easily find someone say, does that home exist that we were looking for two years ago? Yeah. Well, I'd say the landscapes change enough every two years. You also, the two years covers that whole capital gains tax, you know, where you get, if it's a primary residence, up to half a million in in profit non-taxed, which is fantastic. And a lot of people are sitting on some level of appreciation over the past couple of years. But I think like every two years, you can find people, if they're not in an 85% home, they're seriously ready to to make something happen, potentially. And a lot of the limits that come around them not doing something is they don't have a conversation with anybody to really understand what they're thinking. And that's the value you bring as, as their trusted advisor, just to give them a space to talk about it, to figure out, hey, you know, is that something you want to explore? Or are you good? We good at kind of living here where we are for now. Just having conversation helps people make awesome decisions that can enhance their lifestyle versus watching headlines and being stuck where they are because, oh, the market's going to crash. I have this vision and this vision of, can we all agree this is a safe space? Okay, we're going we're gonna to share. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I know you love the house. Cindy, I know that it's, it's a 50% home for you, but it's okay. Like, let's, let's share. This is a safe, safe environment. I just picture Ben Stiller and meet the Fockers. Are we, are we in the, the trust tree with the... <laughs> yeah, are we? I, I, thought we, I thought this was the circle of trust. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, what do you have more to add on to this uh, 85 versus 60% thought process and what questions people should be asking or what we should be looking for? I don't think I have a whole lot more to add into it. It was just more, again, of that thought of, uh, you know, this whole idea of, you know, are we going to see people turn over faster? Are we going to see people that regret? You know, we talked about, you know, this kept coming up of people regretting the home or having regrets about the sale. And, and I kind of took some of that information as a grain of salt because you can go find any you can find any homeowner out there whether they love the house or not that might say they regret something about their purchase that they just did, went through. But what does resonate with me is, is the sacrifices some people made to be able to buy and could that cause them to seek solutions to that a little bit faster than maybe seven years. And that that's really the thing I wanted to get out of our time together, Matt, today. And hopefully the point was made. Yeah, I think it was. And so... I will say I, I appreciate you for bringing up this topic. I think it's a good one. It's a very interesting one. I think it helps people keep their mind on real estate. And I want to thank everybody for joining us and tuning into the podcast. We're well over 400 episodes now. I think when we recorded our 400th episode, Garrett, we didn't even mention it. We're beyond that. We're waiting for a thousand. Our podcast editors had to remind us that it was 400, which was was cool. And yeah, definitely looking forward to 1,000. But 500, which is a cool milestone, will be here very, very soon. And it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you so much for listening to us every time that we are out there, Monday and Tuesday, every week. Thank you for sharing the podcast. You know, for those of you who use it for lessons in your office and everything, thank you. Like, that's incredible. We never thought that that is something that this could be used for. And we really appreciate you because it keeps us going. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Join our community on Facebook. Just search the Ninja Selling Podcast in there and find the group there. It's over 10,000 people strong. Great community to bounce ideas off of, get feedback on things, or just sit back and watch and, and learn from what other people post and, and share about. 
Or if you have a question for us, you can also share it in there as well. You tag us, we get notified and and all that. So appreciate you. Hope that you all have an amazing day. Garrett, thank you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.